Blog Talk Radio. It's time now for the Conqueror's Cafe Show. Your hour of empowerment and inspiration with your host, Twyla Reed, author of Broken Wings. Here we encourage you to spread your broken wings and keep soaring by the power of God as you transform your tragedies into empowering moments. Thank you for joining us today. We are here every Sunday night at 7 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We have a very special guest today that's here to share their testimony of hope and healing with us all. So don't move because you are definitely in for a treat today here on the Conqueror's Cafe. Good evening, good evening, good evening, everyone, and welcome to the Conqueror's Cafe. I am your host, Twyla Reed. I'm also known as your Tragedy to Strategy Mentor. Happy Sunday. What an awesome day to just give God thanks for just being God all by himself. As you all know, I'm the author of Broken Wings, a true story of a mother's unwavering love for her son in the aftermath of a horrific car accident, which left him in a coma, paralyzed, and with a severe traumatic brain injury. That mother and son is my son and I. This book is our journey through his recovery. It is our testimony of hope and healing, of how we use prayer and perseverance to overcome the hardships that we endured during that time. I'm also the founder and CEO of Broken Wings Incorporated, which is a 501c3 nonprofit organization established to provide awareness about traumatic brain injury to communities while providing support resources, tips, and prevention insights. We educate, empower, and enlighten brain injury survivors, caregivers, and their family members by teaching them how to create the life they desire in spite of the challenges and devastation that accompany head injuries. We provide real-time working strategies to ideal well-being. A few of my other books include Affirmations for the Mind, Body, and Soul, which is a guide for survivors of traumatic events. Oftentimes, after surviving a tragedy, life can become chaotic, it can become hectic, and you may feel like your life is over and that you're just not going to make it. Those challenges can become so overwhelming, they can just push you into isolation. But this is the time that you cannot give up And it is the time that you cannot give in. It's the time to truly understand the power of your words. Because it's through your words where you will find the strength and the will to turn your situation around. You know, through your words, you'll find joy. You will find peace. And you will realize uh, that the process uh, can be turned around. You possess the power to turn your tragedy into triumph with your words. So my next book, What Do You Do When Caregivers Need Caregiving? So many caregivers uh, are often really, they're, they're just overlooked. And many times they never stop to realize the importance of taking care of themselves or taking care of others. Being a caregiver myself for over 18 years, I was one who always put my needs on the back burner, whether uh, the need was self-care or just taking a moment for myself to just take a breather. I had lost myself in the caregiving process, 
And in my book, I share techniques and strategies that every caregiver needs to walk away with the peace of mind and reassurance needed to continue on their caregiving journey. You know, we're coming up onto March. It is the third month of the first quarter of 2019, and I would like to uh, invite you all, if you have not done so, if you have not set the goals that you know that God is calling you to set and, and pursue, I would invite you all to check out my book, My Journey, Goal Setting Journey. Um, again, like I said, we are still in the first quarter of 2019, and many of you may not know how to put your goals in arm's reach. What I mean by that is you may be having trouble writing down your goals and just actually breaking them down so that they can become attainable. Your goals should be centered around God's vision and plans for your life. And if your day-to-day activities are not leading you towards you achieving your goals, then guess what? The things in your life that you expect to change or be different, they won't change or be different. That's why you need to properly lay your goals out and go after them. And this book definitely shows you how to do just that. Now, some of you uh, may have made a commitment this year to just spend more time in your word. You may have decided to truly set aside some quality time to work on your personal relationship with God. So for you all who are searching for a tool to use during your Bible study time, I have just what you need. My book, The Word, The Truth, and The Light Bible Study Notebook, is definitely one that you need to have on your shelf. I discovered that one key difference between reading and studying is writing down what you hear and what you absorb. So whether you have no Bible experience or you've studied the Bible for years, this Bible study notebook provides an excellent intro to personal Bible study. Uh, We also have his and her uh, prayer journals, Pray, Believe, and Receive, to just help you all start your new year out right. Uh, We also have our 2019 planners. Uh, We have a to-do, get-it-done to-do list planner as well. And last uh, but certainly not least, um, if you are just someone or you know someone um, who's a survivor of a traumatic event, I invite you guys to connect with us and let us just pray with you and just help get you on track and show you the tools and the strategies that you can use to create the life that you desire, again, in spite of the challenges that you face. All books can be ordered from my website, Amazon, or Barnes & Noble. Please visit my website at www.twilereed.com to secure your copies today. So happy Sunday again. We're just so excited to have you guys with us on today. Here on the Conference Cafe, we highlight authors, entrepreneurs, as well as survivors of traumatic events who've made it out victorious, and now they are here to share their testimony of hoping healing with the world to offer encouragement and inspiration to others as they travel their own personal journey. For today's episode or any of our other episodes, please visit our website at www.conferencecafe.com. We also invite you to like, follow, and share our Facebook page at www.facebook.com forward slash conquerorscafe. 
So, again, if you or someone you know has experienced a tragic event, I invite you to contact me. Let's create the life you desire in spite of those challenges that you may be facing so that you, too, can become the strategist of your own destiny. Um, we've come to the part of our show. It's, I tell you, it's truly one of my favorites. It's time for our scripture reading for today. And we are going to be coming from 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse number 1. 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 1, and it reads, Now the Lord said to Samuel, How long will you grieve over Saul? Since I have rejected him from being king over Israel, fill your horn with oil and go. I will send you to Jesse, the Bethlehemite, for I have selected a king for myself among his sons. I'll read that one more time. We're coming from 1 Samuel verse, um, chapter 16, verse number 1. Now the Lord said to Samuel, how long will you grieve over Saul since I've rejected him from being king over Israel? Fill your horn with oil and go. I will send you to Jesse, the Bethlehemite, for I have selected a king for myself among his sons. Here God rebuked Samuel for continuing to mourn over Saul. Saul was not to be pitied. God had dealt with him justly. Samuel is then commanded to go to a man named Jesse in Bethlehem and to anoint one of his sons as Israel's next king. Now, grab my attention in this text is the fear expressed by Samuel and by the elders of Bethlehem. When God told Samuel to go, Samuel replied, how can I go? Saul will hear about it, and he will kill me. But the Lord said, take a heifer with you and say, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Then invite Jesse to the sacrifice, and I will show you what to do. How many of you know when God gives you direction, he will also give you wisdom to carry out what he has given you to do? The Bible tells us that wisdom comes only from God. God tells him, you will anoint for me the one that I point out to you. Samuel did what the Lord told him when he arrived in Bethlehem. The elders of the city were afraid to meet him. They said, do you come in peace? We need to remember that up to this point in time, David has not been designated as the next king. Goliath had not yet been slain by David. Yet David was just an unknown shepherd boy. Remember uh, when, uh, when he got there, Jesse called all of his sons, and he didn't even initially call David. So the point here is Saul is not threatened by David. He's threatened by anyone who might play a role in the designation of his replacement. You see, Saul is a man who reminds me a great deal of Herod because Herod was one who was willing to kill all the young boys living in around Bethlehem just to prevent one of them from becoming the king of Israel. Samuel even feared that Saul would kill him as he was the logical and the most reasonable one to anoint the next king. Saul was a very dangerous man. 
Now, the second thing that stands out um, in these verses is the one whom God chooses to be king. And like most of us, Samuel looked at the oldest son and assumed that um, he was the one that God had chosen, but he was wrong. Saul was the kind of man Israel wanted for its king, and the oldest son is Jesse, of Jesse was probably something like Saul in terms of age and height and strength. You see, Saul was a man who was physically dominating. He stood head and shoulders above all the other men in the country. But his heart was not inclined toward the Lord. And this time, God would appoint a man whose heart was rightly inclined towards him. David was a good-looking young man. And he was regarded as a brave warrior, even before he killed Goliath. We know that Saul's armor was too big and and cumbersome for him. So David had to be a smaller man, at least a lot smaller than Saul. And I think it would be safe to say that he was useful. So there is a great deal of concern these days about choosing people or things that look the part because it's what we're used to dealing with. When we look for partners in life, when we look for new business ventures or or new things to invest our time in, we give an unbalanced emphasis to education, intelligence, self-confidence, assertiveness, and most of all, success. We might do well to just give further thought to God's choice of David as Israel's king. And let us not forget the words of the Apostle Paul on this matter. Apostle Paul says, think about the circumstances of your call, brothers and sisters. Not many were wise by human standards. Not many were powerful. Not many were members of the upper class. But God chose what the world thinks foolish to shame the wise, and God chose what the world thinks weak to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised to the world, what is regarded as nothing to set aside what is regarded as something, so that no one can boast in his presence. He is the reason you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, who became for us wisdom from God and righteousness, and sanctification, and redemption, so that as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. Let us take heed to our text and to the words of the Apostle Paul. Let us beware of the Saul and be on the lookout for the David. The anointing of David by Samuel marked him out as God's choice for Israel's next king. But Beyond designating David a God's choice for king, his anointing was accompanied by the anointing of the Holy Spirit. So Samuel took the horn full of oil. He anointed him in the midst of his brothers. The Spirit of the Lord rushed upon David, and that day onward, then Samuel got up and went to Ramah. As with Saul's anointing, the Spirit of God was given to empower God's king to carry out his task. When the spirit abandons Saul and comes upon David, it is a sure sign of things to come. From this point on, things would never be the same for either Saul or David. Sometimes we get stuck because of our inability to recognize when God has instructed us to move on. 
we are unable to see that the next season in our lives can and will be better than the season that you are called to lead. Our inability of letting our seasons of fall go hinder our growth and prevent us from walking into the new season that God has prepared, that God has paved the way for and opened the door for us to enter into. As unhealthy as it is, we sometimes like to hold on to painful things. God is inviting us to step into freedom. He says we must stop re-injuring ourselves. When God gives you an entrance into a new season, that's when you will know that the old season is over and that it is time to move on. It is then, then we must boldly say to ourselves, the past is the past. God has moved on, should I? Amen, amen, amen. I want to give a quick shout-out to our sponsors, Broken Wings Incorporated, a 501c3 nonprofit organization designed to provide awareness about traumatic brain injury to communities while providing support, resources, tips, and brain injury prevention insight. So if you are a survivor of a traumatic brain injury or caregiver or family member, please visit our website for more information at www.brokenwingsinc.org or please call 912-335-3799. Sister Sense, for personalized candles and gift baskets for any occasion, please contact Nishari Davenport at 205-514-0866. Shipping is available. Again, contact Nishari Davenport at 205-514-0866. The Birmingham Slayers, if you live in the Birmingham, Alabama area and you're looking for an organization where your child can be a part of a team where together everyone truly achieves more, a place where dance is a part of who they are as they encompass unity like never before, then the Birmingham Slayers is who they need to connect with. Please contact Ms. V at 479-899-2618 for details. Again, that's 479-899-2618. We have an amazing show lined up for you all this evening. You are in for a special treat. Our guest is a published author. She's a licensed minister and life coach filled with wisdom to empower, educate, and enlighten you. So I want you all to relax. Kick your shoes off, grab your cup of tea as we prepare to be blessed by this truly anointed vessel. But first, we are going to take a quick break. We will be right back in a few moments. Hello, this is Cherie Barnes of CherieBarnesAuthor.com, and you are listening to the Conqueror's Cafe radio show.
Inglaterra. Walker. Welcome back to the Conqueror's Cafe. I'm your host, Twyla Reed. Again, we have an amazing show lined up for you on tonight. Dr. Chantel Chester is a licensed minister, life coach, and the wife of senior pastor, Elder Allen L. Chester. She utilizes her gifts of teaching, coaching, and training to provide highly effective leadership training. She is also a certified educator and instructional designer. Alongside her husband, she is also the co-founder of We Wonder Academy. There she serves as director and program administrator. Dr. Chester has published six books and nine articles as an independent author. She also serves as the contributing author for Faith Steel Family Magazine. So without further ado, let's welcome Dr. Chester. Good evening. Good evening. Welcome. Good evening, Minister Reed. Welcome, welcome, ma'am. We are so happy and elated to have you here with us on this evening. How are you today? I am well. I'm so excited to, to be able to chat with you. I was having my praise break during the song, so I am really pumped up and excited <laughs> to talk about to talk about this book, to talk about purpose, to talk about the goodness of God. So I'm I'm excited to be able to share with you on this evening. Amen. Well, you know I read your bio, but I like for the guests to just tell a little bit in their own words, just you know, address our listeners and just say hi and just tell them what you want to know about you, just something in your own words about who you are and what you do. Uh, I want everyone to know that's listening that I am I'm in love with Jesus. That is number one, the priority of, in my life, that I'm in love with him, that I truly try to live a life that glorifies him. And I am proud to serve along my husband, Pastor Alan Chester, at Fresh Fire Ministries, to all of our church family there. Um, they are just such a blessing to us, and they inspire me to just grow and to become better and to do everything that God has called for me to be. So, ministry, I'm just a simple, I tell people I'm a simple country girl. I'm very laid down and just grateful <laughs> as to everything that God is doing in my life. You know, all of the accolades and everything is wonderful, but if it had not been for the Lord who was on my side, I truly do not Amen. know where I would be. So I'm just, I'm just thankful and humbled for every opportunity that the Lord presents to me in my life. Amen. Now, Dr. Chester, I got to ask you this because I know you're from South Carolina. What part of South Carolina are you from? I currently reside in West Columbia, South Carolina, so right outside of Columbia, um, which is the capital of the state. But I'm originally from Johnston, South Carolina, very, very small town. We had one gas station, I believe, and one grocery store <laughs> growing up. Um, so a very, a very small town. They would always say, if you blink, you'll miss it. So that's why I say I'm a country girl because there was not a lot going on in that little town of Johnston. Well, I got to share this with you, and then we'll start our interview. Uh, my family and I, you know, we used to live in Columbia. Uh, when I was active duty, we were stationed at Fort Jackson for a little while, and uh, we lived on uh, a, a street called Valhalla Drive over near um, 
over near uh, what's that part of where Sand Hills, that area, we sure did yes. off of Two Notch Road. Yes, ma'am, we did. And um, oh, also, wow. my husband is from South Carolina. He's from a little place called Monk's Corner. I, I know exactly where that is. I know because you passed yes, it at ma'am. Charleston. So, yes, I'm very familiar with that. <laughs> so uh, don't feel ashamed when you say there's one traffic light and one grocery store. Uh, I think the first time I visited Monk's Corner, I kind of was like, oh, my gosh, where are we? You know, I'm a from a little town, too, but I don't think it was as small as Monk's Corner. So I just wanted to share that with you because I know I see South Carolina. So I always just kind of uh, want, you know, ask our, um, you know, our guests when I know they're from South Carolina where they live. Uh, so thank you for sharing that. Um, we're going to go ahead and get started uh, with our interview. Uh, let's, let's, let's go back a little bit, if you will. I want to go back to when you first started writing. I would like for you to share uh, when you first started writing and what inspired you to do so. When when I think about the first, my, beginning of my writing process, I was in elementary school, and so of course at that time it's, it's almost forced upon you because you're giving writing assignments <laughs> um, from your teachers, and you have to write. There's no ifs, ands, and buts about it. Especially when I was in school, if the teacher said do it, that's what we did. So I remember um, just having these opportunities to write these short stories, and then they grew into essays, and I really had a, a interest in the writing process. I didn't really quite know if I was good at it or not. You know, I would just kind of do what the teacher said. And, you know, when you're younger, they want to keep you motivated, and so, oh, that's good, and you get a smiley face or whatever. But at that time, I really began to have an interest in writing and wanted to to do good at it and wanted uh, to have my teacher to be proud of what I produced, and I wanted myself also to be proud of what I produced in the end as well. Wow. Now, now looking at your younger writing self, you started back then, like you said, you really didn't have a choice when you were in school, but as your passion developed and, and, you know, and you kind of – started traveling down the journey of pursuing that passion. If you could tell your younger writing self anything at all, what would it be? I, I would definitely tell my younger self to um, to just embrace that process uh, because for me the passion did not show up actually until I was in college. That's when I realized that I was on to something, that I was good, and I think that's when the passion really showed up for the writing process and my college professor help to cultivate that passion. Um, but at that time, when I look back at my younger self, especially in my college days, I would say to myself to embrace that process and not to be so intimidated by it because writing, as you know, is something that's very personal. Personal, It's very yeah. vulnerable. You put yourself out there. You put your work, your thoughts on paper, and you often have people to read it and give, they give a judgment. And so I would tell my younger yeah. self to just embrace that process, to be free, to be liberated in doing it, and not to be so fearful and not to necessarily look for validation from other people to give their stamp of approval because it's my message. It's the story that God has given me. It's the experience that God has given me, and all I did was take it and put it on paper. So the only person that I needed to validate me or to give me permission was the Father. Amen. Now, let's talk about your book. It's not personal, it's purposeful. I tell you the title, I love, love, love the title of your book. 
So uh, just a lot of great things and things I want to talk about with your book. Let's just start with the genre of your book. I want you to uh, share with our listeners what is the genre of your book and the message behind the book that you are trying to portray to the readers? Okay, ministry, everybody that reads this title, they love it, and they're really intrigued by it. So let me just give you a little background about the title. I am the type of person I am very passionate when it comes down to talking about purpose. I often tell people whenever you have an opportunity to to speak with me or, or engage with me in conversation and reading something that I wrote, it's going to be about passion, it's going to be about vision, it's going to be about purpose. And so uh, as I continue on my purpose journey, I have found that a lot of times you offend people in the process. So they become mm-hmm. offended when you are on your purpose journey. And there were a lot of wow. times where I was accused of, you know, looking down on people or having changed, you've evolved, you've you changed, you're not the same person. Who do you think you are? There was all this negative feedback that I was receiving. And I spent a a lot of time in the face of the Lord, you know, saying, Lord, please show me me, because that's always my prayer. You don't necessarily have to show me the other person. I'm not praying that you get the other person, but, Lord, show me me. And if I'm going wrong somewhere, please uh, make that clear to me, make that plain to me. And, And what the Lord revealed to me is that you are in a process where you have to understand that the moves that you're making They're not personal, but it's purposeful. It's all connected to your purpose. And in that process, there are going to be some people that you offend, not intentionally, but whenever you're on your purpose journey and you have people that are sitting and haven't started their journey, they will become uncomfortable around you. They will find a reason to try to stop you. They will find a reason to try to judge you and to categorize you wrong. And so you have to understand, in order to stay motivated and to encourage yourself, uh, you have to understand that personal, their response to you is not personal. The moves that Mm. you're making is not personal. It's all necessary in order to push you down the path that we call purpose. And so that's where the, the title came from, just a personal experience in battling, you know, that inward battle with, well, Lord, why is it that? I was a friend with this person for so many years, and now there's no longer a connection, or this family member has changed up. And the Lord had to show me this is all about your purpose. It has nothing to do with you. It has nothing to do with them. It has everything to do with the will of God concerning your life. And so with this book, it's definitely what people would consider to be a nonfictional book, uh, and some may even classify it as a self-help book. I call it my purpose textbook because I believe that (laughs) in this book are key principles that are necessary that you know in order to manage your relationships differently, to manage your relationships in such a way that you don't become distracted and stop pursuing the thing that God said that you can have. So that's that's the the message behind the book is to learn how to manage your relationships so that you don't become so disheartened, so that you don't become so discouraged that you give up on purpose and think, I need to keep these people comfortable, so I'm not going to do what God said that I should do, but I'm going to do what it, it, it will keep it maintain a relationship with them. Amen. You know, I, I say all the time, um, Minister Chester, I say all the time, when God gives you a vision and God has called you to walk in a certain calling in a certain area, that there may be lots of time with people that are connected to you just may not understand and cannot see what God has shown you. And what we have to understand is that it is okay. God gave you the vision. 
He gave mm-hmm. you the vision, and so when he because he gave the vision to you, there may be others that are connected to you that just are not able to see what God is showing you. But we should not be discouraged. We should just uh, be obedient and move forward what God has given us to do. Um, you know, think about what I just talked about uh, with Samuel. God, you know, God knew what he wanted. He knew that David was there, and, and Samuel was not able to see that. He was not able mm-hmm. to see that initially, but he had to just trust God. So again, we get stuck. We get stuck in, in, in just being complacent, and, and, and we be afraid. We become afraid to move forward because everybody around us may be negative and are saying, well, I don't know how you're going to do that. I don't know why you're doing this or why you're doing it that way. But God gave you the vision, and so all we have to do is just obedient, be obedient and carry out what God has given us to do. Would you agree with that? I, I do agree with that, and, and I'm so glad that you said that. Um, I remember just being stuck for so many years because I, I didn't want to offend people. And another thing that I noticed was that uh, people weren't validating the vision that God had given me. They didn't understand mm. it. They didn't validate it. They didn't confirm it. And especially when it came now to my spiritual leaders, I expected to have that. And when yes. I didn't receive it, wow. it was it was very discouraging to me. And what I had to learn, and this is a tough lesson that, that many people have to learn, is that when it comes down to your purpose, when it comes down to vision, a lot of times people will try to hold you up because they have already created an agenda for their lives that includes you. And so the minute yes. you decide to say yes to Jesus and to do what he has yes. called for you to do, that disrupts their agenda. And so, no, they don't want you to move in purpose. No, they don't want to support that vision because it robs their personal agenda for, for your life. And they may love you and they may have good intentions, but when it comes down to the will of God, you have to say yes no matter who it offends, no matter whose feelings it hurts, no matter whose toes it steps on. Because what I believe is this. I believe that when relationships are of God, that even if you have to part ways for a season, that God is so gracious that he will allow you to cross paths again. And so all I am determined to do in this life is to trust him. And those relationships that need to be restored, he will restore. Those that I need to be released from, he will will allow me to be released, and I can't become bitter in that process. Hey, man, like, I'm on the edge of my seat here because you are preaching tonight. Yes, <laughs> so true. And, uh, and you know, I, I think this is a good point right here for us to talk about a part in your book where you talk about access granted or access denied. Access mm-hmm. granted or access denied. You start off in that chapter with a quote by Pastor Marcus Gill, and it reads, trying to hold on to people that don't have access to your future will delay you from receiving the best that God has in store for you. So you said something there that sometimes people's intentions may be good, but sometimes God just does not grant them access to your future. And, and, yeah. and when you realize that there are certain people that you just can't carry into the future with you, especially when it comes to doing what God has called you to do, I, 
I really believe that once we are okay with that and really kind of move our emotions and our feelings the other way and just say, yes, God, yes to your will and yes to your way, then and only then will we actually really be able to move forward with the vision that God gives us. Yes, I, I totally agree. I, I remember uh, teaching a lesson one time entitled The Yes That Changed Everything. And mm-hmm. when it comes down to relationships, we have to be willing to say yes because our one yes, our one act of obedience to God concerning those around us can totally change the dynamics of our lives. But a lot of times what happens is we just expect to take everyone with us. We expect when I'm promoted to my mm. next level that everybody's going to be able to go. And the truth of the matter is that, no, everyone will not be able to go. That doesn't mean that you don't love them. That doesn't mean that you don't want to see them win. You don't want to see them to be successful. But you have to understand that for whatever reason, God has said that you have to come up higher. And so everything that is connected to you cannot go. But that is where we we miss out a lot of times on the will of God is because we're trying to take everybody with us, and that's extra weight. There's no way you can be promoted to your next level carrying everybody on your back. That's dead weight. There's no wisdom in that. And I had to learn that the hard way. There were so many people that I wanted to take with me because they were so inspirational to me. And I would even tell the Lord and plead with them, but Lord, you have to remember, they were the ones that helped me when I was at my lowest point. They were the ones that spoke life to me when I needed to hear it. Why can't they go? And it wasn't until later on that the Lord showed me because the plan that I have for your life and the plan that I have for their life are totally different. So you're going to hold up yourself if you don't just say yes to me, and you're going to hold up them as well. So just let them go. And, again, trust that if the relationship is meant to be, that it will be restored, that you will meet again. You know, I love, love, love what you're saying because, oh, God, thank you, Holy Spirit, because that is exactly what happens. when. And not only do you feel bad about not being able to carry those people you know, with you, especially those who have prayed for you and and have spoken over your life and been there for you. But sometimes they don't let you forget that they did those things. So sometimes (laughs) they expect expect for you to carry them with you. And and when you don't, um, then they are offended. They are Mm -hmm. offended. And sometimes it can make you feel guilty. Because you're yes. saying, Lord, they prayed for me. They, I know that they prayed for me. I, I, I know that they were there when no one else was there. And so this is really powerful um, that you're stating and, and you're saying that we just got to trust God in the process. Even though we can't see with our natural eyes what is going on, we have to trust God in the process and look through our spiritual eyes at what God is truly doing and say, hey, okay, wake up, snap out of it. It's not about you, and it's not about them. That's right. That's right. That's right. And and that's a tough, and that's the key, ministry, and that's what I have to keep at the forefront of my mind that is all for his glory because feelings will cause you to get stuck. Feelings will cause you to turn around and to go back. Feelings will call you, cause you to question that very thing that God said you should do. He, it will cause you to give up that very thing that God said that you should have. And so I have lived this, and when I tell you I have found myself in so many situations where people have thrown back in my face what they did for me, things I didn't even remember. <laughs> remember when I gave yes. you $20? 
to get to work, oh you God. need a dance. And I'm thinking, I don't even remember that. And when I think about it, I said, but you said, don't even worry about it. And now we're bringing it back up because they will pull out everything that they can wow. to really discourage oh you and to distract you from your journey. Yes. And I had to learn yes. how to deal with that. There were times I had to learn how to say, you know what, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry you're offended. I'm so sorry you feel that way. And I would end up talking to my husband, and I would say, but I didn't even do anything wrong, and I'm apologizing. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't even do wow. anything wrong. But, again, the Lord reminded me, get out of your feelings. This has nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with me and the kingdom assignment that I placed in your hands. Amen. Now, like when you talked about in your book about using your spiritual discernment to categorize your relationships, let's briefly talk about categorizing your relationship and why it's important for you to be able to categorize relationships. I think it goes back to that initial quote by Pastor Gill that talks about, you know, trying to hold on to people that don't have access to your future. So Mm. if you're really going to get to the place where you can move forward in the things of God, you have to know who the people that you have around you truly are. And a lot of times we don't take the time to take inventory as to who my connections are. So what I talk about in the book is doing something as simple as looking at your cell phone contacts, looking at the people that you're mm-hmm. connected to on social media, and beginning to put them begin to put them into four different categories. Number one, those are your, you may have some purpose partners in your contacts. So these are the people that you are have been connected with by God. And their purpose or their role in your life is to push you down the path that we call purpose. Speak yes. the same language as you. I often say these are the people that when you talk to them, you become inspired, you become motivated. They make your baby leap, the spiritual baby that God yes. has given you. When you all are in fellowship, it's just something about them that stirs up the gift in you and makes you want to push even when you see you feel like you don't have any more strength, even when you feel like you're ready to give up. These are the people that God will place in your life, that they will speak life to you, they will be a blessing to you, they will give resources to you, and they won't judge you. They won't judge you, but they will encourage you yes. and continue to push yes. you. So one group is your purpose partners. Another group that you have to begin to characterize people into are the mentees. So these are people that God has placed in your life that you are to be their mentor. You are to pour into them. So what God deposits in your spirit is not for you to be stingy and to hold, but you are to share with them so that they can become everything that he has called for them to be. Now, the only problem with that sometimes is we like to try to take our mentees into areas that God has not given them access to. And so they Mm -hmm. become frustrated in the process because they are not spiritually mature. They're not able to handle the things that you're able to handle. But because they are your mentee, because they love you, because there's a connection, they are devoted to you, we want to take them along with us because we know that traveling down the path that we call purpose can be, it can be scary at times. Because we're not always aware of what the next move is going to be. So we like to take someone along that is kind of like our entourage. So the mentee becomes our entourage, and we try to pull them along with us. And the thing about it is they can't bear the weight, the responsibility of the next level. Hmm. And there's a third group, the coattail riders. you got to understand the people in your life that are the coattail riders. These are the people that you will look at and you will feel like, these, these are, this is my team. 
clean. This is my core. These people love me. They want to see me make it. They're all about pushing me forward. But you have to look closely because these people are not uh, committed to doing anything or pouring anything into your life. They're not committed to doing the work. They just want to ride off of your success. And so as long as you're doing good, they are with you. But the minute you become challenged or you become weak, because we grow weary sometimes now. We go weary, we become depressed, we become disheartened. These are the people that will walk away because no longer do you seem successful to them. No longer does it look like you're walking in the favor of God. So these are the people Mm. that are along for the good time. In the book, I say that these are the people that want to go with you, but they don't want to grow with you. So you got to watch out for your coattail riders. Last group, the opportunists. You have people in your life that, again, they look like they're there for you. You may think they are well-intentioned, that they mean well, but they're not. They're all about exploitation. They're all about trying to isolate you from everybody else because they want what you have. The anointing that God has placed on your life, they think they can take it from you and make it work for them, not understanding that the anointing that God has placed on your life is for you. So what they will try to do is get close to you, whisper in your ear, but all they want is an opportunity. All they're looking for is a chance to steal from you. All they're looking for an opportunity is to get where they can get from you, and once they get it, they're going to abandon you. They're very malicious in their intent, so you have to be very careful in understanding who they are in your life. And so when we get to a place where we can begin to allow the spirit of God to help us to discern who our purpose partners are, who our mentees are, who our coattail riders are, and who our opportunists are, then it will become much easier for us to manage our relationship. So when people begin to respond to us in a certain way, that we don't, we don't become depressed about it that we don't give up, that we don't spend time and energy trying to figure it out because we already know from the beginning that was a coattail rider. So when they make a certain move or they say certain things, you will already expect it because you know who they are. So they can only give you but so much. So it's very important that we take the time and invest in knowing who we have around us. Amen. That's why it's so important like you said, to have our spiritual discernment intact. And so not only are we to examine ourselves, but we must examine those that are connected to us, those who connected themselves to us and those we've connected ourselves to. So I tell you, that for me, oh, my gosh, that was awesome. I mean, just so much wisdom in that. And I hope you listeners out there are really taking notes to um, what our first lady test is telling us here, access granted or access denied. She states that, you know, there are some people that we want to hold on to that don't have access to the future that God has given us. And by holding on to them, it only delays us from receiving the best that God has in store for us. So uh, just as with the scripture, we must learn how to move on. God has moved on, and so we must move on too. And and um and and I like uh, my pastor talked today about that particular passage of scripture, and he said you will know when your season is changing because God 
will open the door and he will show you when you are able to transition into the next season, then that lets you know that it's the old season is, is done with and, and that door has been closed. And so you have to yes. be able to keep your eyes open and guard the gate so you will know, be spiritually in tune with what God is doing in your life when it is time to move. So um, that is awesome. Thank you uh, for sharing that with us, you know, those categories, the purpose partners, the mentees, the coattail riders, and the opportunists. Um, let's talk a little bit here. Um, I want just briefly some challenges that you may face as a writer. And um, just one thing that, that, that has been a challenge for you, and, and what have you done to overcome that challenge? Um, one difficulty that I faced as a writer is the pressure of wanting to make sure that my message in my books came through loud and clear. I am a, a mm. teacher at heart, and so I look at my books as being my textbooks. And so I'm, I'm very hard on myself in making sure that the way that I heard it, the way that God deposited in my spirit, that it comes through on the pages with just as much intensity and just as much clarity. Um, with that, there have been times where fear has creeped in um, because we know that the enemy will use that as a tactic so that we don't move on the things of God. So in my desire to operate in a spirit of excellence, I become paralyzed with fear. Oh, Lord, I'm not for sure if anyone's going to understand this message. I'm not for sure if they're going to get it or they're going to be blessed by it. Because, again, when you write, you're very vulnerable. You put yourself out there on yes. paper for others to read and to judge. So that was a, a, a huge challenge for me in the very beginning. The way that I've overcome it is just full reliance on God and understanding that if he gave me this word, and he said to write it, that the person that needs to hear it will be able to hear and understand it. They will receive it, and they will receive it with joy, and God will give them understanding and revelation. But I have to be obedient just by saying yes and just to write, write the vision and make it plain. So that is my job. My job is not to worry about, well, Lord, who's going to read it, who's going to get it. That's all on him. So I've just learned yes. to rely fully on him in this process. Amen. Now, let's talk about some of the things that motivate you to keep writing. Uh, you know, I know as an author, there are certain things that just give us inspiration and motivate us. So um, share some of those things with our listeners. One of my, my biggest motivations um, is that I write for all of the little Shantae's that are out there. And so when I say that, <laughs> that goes for the, the males and the females because yes. for many years in my life, the struggle was to really understand my purpose, to understand that, first of all, that I had a pur purpose because I was surrounded yes. by people that told me that I didn't have a purpose. And I believed it because, again, they were in – positions of leadership. They were people that I honored. They were people that I, I held in high esteem. And so I assumed that their purpose was so much more essential, so much more important than mine. And so I spent no time really seeking God in terms of, God, why am I here? What is the work that you have for me to do? What is my individual ministry? So that is what motivates me as a writer is to speak to those out there who are struggling with that same mindset. And what the Lord revealed to me is that deliverance is in the pen. That's what he spoke to me. He said, there is deliverance in the pen. 
So by writing, uh, I'm able to speak life and speak truth and speak deliverance to those who are in that same situation that I was in and to liberate them um, through my writing. So I'm always writing, thinking of people um, like myself who may not have started their purpose journey, may not even realize they have a, a purpose, may just feel like they're here by happenstance and really taking every opportunity through writing to minister to them so that they will experience a, a mental shift in their thinking and become liberated to walk in the things of God. Amen, amen. I want to uh, let our listeners know, um, if you're just joining us or if you join us late, uh, we have an awesome guest with us on tonight. We have Minister Shante Chester, and she's here discussing her book, It's Not Personal, It's Purposeful. And this book is an essential resource that will help you protect your purpose by changing how you manage the relationships in your life. The chapter, uh, it just shares highly effective strategies that will help you shift your focus, reprogram your thinking, and really just propel you to purpose relentlessly, unapologetically. And if you're struggling to recognize or your purpose, and if you just want to just wait on know what your purpose is, then this book is definitely one that you need to get. Again, it's titled, It's Not Personal, It's Purposeful. And we're opening up our lines for the last part of our show. If you are listening and you have a question or you have a comment for our guest, please call in at this time. The number to dial in is 657 657- Three eight three zero eight nine eight. Again, the number is six five seven three eight three zero eight nine eight. When you dial in, you just press the number one, and it will alert us that you have a comment or a question, and we will bring you on the air to ask your question or uh, uh, make your comment. Now, um, Miss Chester, we I want to talk about. Um, some things that you do in your spare time that may not, um, I guess, that, that that don't include writing, you know, just when you have some downtime, you just want some me time, what are some things that you like to do? Oh, Minister Reed, that's a good question. I'm still trying to find the downtime. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I really am, and, and I say that in jest, but it, it's true because I, I think, a lot of the things that I do, there's so much pleasure in it for me that it doesn't even appear to be a work for me. So one thing that I, I do like to do, if we want to call it my downtime, is I do like to find time to teach online. And so I like to work as an ESL teacher teaching English to non-speaking speakers, if you will. Um, so I really enjoy that. I also enjoy teaching children. Uh, That is something that I'm very passionate about. Uh, As you mentioned earlier, I'm also the First Lady of Fresh Fire Ministries. And so uh, Fresh Fire Ministries is very much my family, very much my heart. So I enjoy being able to just have real conversations. A lot of times we we say we're having Sunday school, but our Sunday schools are just real talk, you know, where we're just sitting down and we're talking about how to do life, you know, because a lot of times we know how to do church, but we don't know how to do life. And so we have to know how to live outside of the walls of the church and so for me, that's kind of my downtime, you know, um, that I enjoy. Uh, I guess some other things I enjoy as well is, is painting. So I've been trying to paint a little bit. I'm not a Picasso yet. Uh, <laughs> working on it. Yes. Something. <laughs> yeah, I, yes, yes. So, um, 
really love. I remember growing up as a young girl watching um, Bob Ross and just being so mm-hmm. intrigued by uh, the way that he painted. So that's something that I am trying as a hobby. Amen. Well, you know, there's power in yet. So uh, don't forget that. I heard you say yet. So we're going to be looking for some amazing things on down the line with you in that area. Now, uh, I know you said that um, one thing that motivates you um, are the little Shantae's that are out there. So what words of inspiration and motivation would you like to share with others who are inspiring to become authors who have a story and they just may not know where to start or where to begin? Um, the, the biggest thing I want to say to people, because I often have people that will contact me and say, I, I want to write a book, and the writing process is not often their struggle, but it's having the yes. confidence to really all on paper and, and yes. waiting, especially with spiritual-minded people. You know, we, we're wanting the confirmation. We're wanting the prophecy. You know, I was at the revival, and I wanted the prophecy about the book. And so a lot of times we're waiting for things that God has already said yes to. And so, and and not discrediting prophecies and confirmations, all of those things, all of those things are necessary and they're wonderful. But when God has deposited something in your spirit and the Holy Spirit is nudging you to write this book, you have to stop waiting for permission or validation from others. Because a lot of times that's what we're waiting on. We don't want to make the move because we want permission and we want validation. And we look around us and we don't see it then we feel as though this is not the time, this is not the season, or I haven't been called to do this. And so I want to say to all the little Shantae's out there, because this was me, stop waiting for permission or validation from others and from those that you're connected to, and just believe God for the gift that he's placed inside of you, because he knows what he's put inside of you. And so all you have to do is walk in it, and God will perfect the rest of that. Amen. Again, um, we our lines are open, so um, if you are out there and you're listening or if you've dialed in and you're listening and you have a question or a comment, uh, for those that are listening via the Internet, please dial 657-383-0898. And for those listeners that have actually dialed in, just press the number 1, and we will invite you in on the call to answer your question or make your comment. Uh, First Lady Chester, now. Um, do you have any upcoming events that you would like to share with everyone? I, I do. I have a course coming up, an online course that I'm very excited about, and it's called Purpose uh-huh. Under Lock and Key. And it actually uh, goes along with the book. It's not personal. It's purposeful. And the reason why I wanted to do this course was because I know there are some principles that I put in the book that need to be unpacked. And so I wanted mm-hmm. to be able to unpack those principles. I wanted to be able to really mine the text and to lead my readers into deeper conversations. I wanted them to apply some of the exercises that I introduced in the book. And I wanted to create an atmosphere almost where it's like a, a group coaching experience. And so the course, mm-hmm. yes, you will learn as a student, but will also have the feel of a group coaching experience where we begin to pull back some layers and to really talk about your relationships so that you can truly see your relationships for what they are and begin to handle them differently. I always say that we can always handle people with love and speak truth to people, and we do it in love. But we have to first acknowledge that our relationships are the way that they are. And so this uh, course is really going to help to do that. 
Another component of this course that I'm really excited about is it will come along with a workbook, a work, a strategy workbook, if you will, where uh, I've taken mm-hmm. some of the principles, the, the students to be able to unpack those principles, those strategies on their own and be able to look at themselves at an individual level. And in addition to that, all of the students that do register for the course and participate in the course will have a one-on-one 20-minute coaching session with yours truly. So we can really just look at the goals that you have set for your life for right now um, because coaching is so powerful in helping you to really think yourself clear. And so I wanted to just add that as a component to the course. So not only are you understanding the principles in the book at at a deeper level, but you're also able to have a one-on-one with me where you can continue to think yourself clear and become even more motivated about the journey that lies ahead. Amen. Now let our listeners know how um, they can connect with you, how how they can purchase your book, and how they can enroll or get more information about your upcoming course, Purpose Under Life. Yes. Uh, I'm uh, on social media, so you can find me on Facebook, Dr. Shantae L. Chester. I have a public figure page that is available to you, so you can definitely message me there. I'm also on LinkedIn. Again, that's Dr. Shantae L. Chester. And you can also email me. So my email address is Chester, just like my name, uh, S-E-C-S at gmail.com. Again, that's Chester, S-E-C-S at gmail.com. And so I would love to, to hear from you to talk more about the course, to answer any questions that you may have, and just to stay connected. So even if you're not necessarily interested in the course right now, but you want to purchase the book or you want to talk about some of the principles in the book, I'm definitely here to have those rich conversations with you because in the end, I want to see your life change. I want to see you living your best life. And you live your best life when you put in the work that is necessary to get to where you need to be. And so, and a lot of that comes with our relationships and understanding that dynamics of our relationships and who we have to let go of and who we have to invite into our circle. Amen. Now, um, you have a website, correct? I do. I do. Okay, um, give I us your website. website. Okay. Um, the website, and you'll see myself on there and my husband, we, we co-coach. So you'll see both of us on there, but you can access Amen. me through that website. It is Chester, again, just like my name, S-E-C-S dot Wixsite, W-I-X-S-I-T-E dot com, C-E-C-S. So you'll be able to find that on, on the Facebook page as well, because I know that's kind of long, and you're probably thinking, I lost some of that when she was saying it. But again, <laughs> it's Chester's. S-E-C-S dot Wixsite dot com forward slash C-E-C-S. Okay, great. So, uh, listeners, um, we um, she she's giving us awesome information and ways to connect with her for her upcoming course, Purpose Under Lock and Key, or if you want to purchase the book, it's not personal, it's purposeful. You can connect with her on Facebook, Dr. Dr. Shante L. Chester, also a LinkedIn, email, and website as well. Now, um, First Lady Chester, we have come down to the end of our interview, and we have a bonus question for you. I want you to share with our listeners, what does the word conqueror mean to you? The word conqueror is often defined as someone who um, can overcome an adversity. 
And for me, I like to put things in uh, the form of a quote. And so one quote that I relate to when it comes down to being a convert is a person who doesn't allow their situation to dictate to them their destination. So a conqueror, again, understands that this may be my current situation, but it doesn't have the right to dictate to me my destination. So when you're a conqueror, you don't allow what you see in this very moment to stop you from going to where you know you're supposed to be. You continue to push no matter what. You continue to give it your all no matter what. And you don't become distracted by your surroundings. Amen. I love that. Amen. Well, I tell you, uh, this has been an amazing testament of hope and healing. First Lady Church, I want to just thank you so much for sharing your heart and sharing your journey with our listeners on this evening. Um, to our listeners, uh, I hope that you all have enjoyed uh, First Lady Chester this evening. She has shared some amazing nuggets with us. The author of It's Not Personal, It's Purposeful. Uh, she says, when you are traveling your purpose journey, people may not understand the decisions that you have to make. That is why it is so important for you to be able to be in tune and allow your spiritual discernment to categorize your relationships. Again, those relationships can be categorized into the purpose partners, the mentees, the coattail riders, and the opportunists. The quote by Pastor Marcus Gill states, trying to hold on to people that don't have access to your future will delay you from receiving the best that God has in store for you. So you have to determine if you want to allow those people into your life, will they have access granted or access denied? So thank you again so much, First Lady Chester. I want to personally encourage you to just keep pressing forward as you're making an impact in the kingdom. Keep teaching and just keep inspiring those who come in contact with you. Thank you so much, Minister Reed. I thank you for the opportunity. I thank you for this space. And you have been such an encouragement to me from the time we spoke earlier even to now throughout the call. It's, it's, it's the interview. It has been wonderful. So thank you for doing all that you do and for creating opportunity and space for folks like myself. So thank you. And you continue to stay encouraged and continue to work and to continue to push your purpose as well. Amen. Thank you. And I receive all of that. And I just truly thank God for the divine connection. I look forward. Uh, there will be more uh, um, things that I, I pray that God will connect us future, uh, you know, as we both just move forward in kingdom advancement. So thank you again for being a guest on this show. Thank you. Amen. Okay, everyone, that is our show for this evening here on the Conqueror's Cafe. I pray that our show tonight has blessed you. We invite you to join us again next Sunday, same time, for another amazing show. March will be kicking off Brain Injury Awareness Month. We have some amazing shows, some amazing guests lined up just for you. As we close out, I want you to remember that we all know that life can sometimes present a series of events that can lead us down certain paths and life that can lead to discouragement, frustrations, and even sometimes destruction. We must remember that it's our relationship with God that sustains us when we reach our limit and want to quit in our journey. 
we can do two things, stand firm, dig deep, and keep persevering, or you can turn back to those familiar things that were never good for you in the first place. Remember, the choice you make has the power to alter the course of your destiny for the rest of your life. Thank you all for listening, and remember to keep making the impossible possible by spreading your own broken wings and soaring by the power of God as you transform your tragedy into empowering moments. Until next time, I'm your host, Arthur Twilight Reed, your tragedy to strategy mentor. For speaking engagements or consultations, please email me at info at twilightreed.com or you can contact me by phone at 912-335-3799. And if you have a testimony of hope and healing that you would like to share with the world, let's connect. Again, you can reach me at info at twilightreed.com or by at 912-335-3799. Until next time, good night, take care, may God bless you all, and heaven smile upon you. a little bit, y'all. Come on, everybody sing it. I've got it.
Say my name. 